Christ alone, the cornerstone, man, we put all of our hope, our trust, our confidence, and our belief in him in the name of Jesus. If this is your very first time joining us this morning, we want to thank you for taking the opportunity. We want to, like, on behalf of Sister Joanne and myself, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to Kingdom Encounter, where you will have an encounter with the kingdom of God and with Almighty God on today in the name of Jesus. Now, we're so thankful for our our faithful life family and congregation that you've been so faithful and trustworthy man god blesses faithfulness so we thank you for that in the name of jesus so earlier we began the broadcast by having our city on our knees uh prayer where we was praying for the healing of our land and also for relational unity within our community within the province within the nation so we, you know there was some in and out uh, my sound department was telling me about so i just want to apologize for that but man we just want to thank god for this opportunity to be here with you all this morning so i'm not i'm not even going to, to delay it because we're going to jump right in because i know what the father's having to share with you this morning will be life changing if you have ears to hear and i'm believing god right now that you have ears to hear that you have eyes to see and that your heart is open to receive the engrafted word of god that will ultimately change your lives forever man in this time and in this season if there was ever a time that we needed to have our ears open to have our heart open and have our eyes open not just your natural eyes but your spiritual eyes have your not just your natural ears but your spiritual ears and not and would have your heart open to receive from the holy spirit see from god is such a time as this so i'm going to make the declaration that we usually make and then we're going to jump right into the message this morning in the name of Jesus. Now, in accordance to Isaiah chapter 61 and 1, it says this, it says that the spirit of the Lord God has appointed me for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, to the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord of the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn, to give unto them the mourners unto beauty for ash, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Over to God. Hallelujah. And he says, and they shall rebuild the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word today. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person across the airways. Touch each and every household that hears this word on today let it go across this city across this province across this nation across the world the lives will be forever changed and father we give you glory on and praise for it in the name of jesus let us all say amen so glory be to god you have been set here for such a time as this. You're not here by chance. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here because your mom and daddy planned for you. You are here because God predestined you to be here for such a time as this, for such a season as this, to be used mightily by him, to be his hands, his feet, his mouth, to go forth and proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. Now he's asking you this morning, will you make a decision in your heart, not just 
just in your head, but in your heart, that you will allow Almighty God to use you for such a time as this. Just like, uh, just like Esther. When she was there, she was used for such a time as this. Just like you, Ruth, she was used for such a time as this. Just like Naomi, she was used at such a time as this. Even for Rahab, she was used for such a time as this. And God said, I'm going to use you for such a time as this. Will you receive it this morning? Just reach your hands out there and say, yep, Father, I've received that in the name of Jesus. Now, this when we was praying this week, as you know, many of you know, if this is your first time, you're going to find out, we've been on a 21-day uh, prayer and fasting. And one of the things that God said for us to do in our prayer and fasting, he says, this, I need you to share this with my people. And this is what he said. He says, let's not pray against people, but pray for them. If they, even if they oppose you, that it may give them an opportunity to receive salvation and come, come into the true knowledge of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, but pray against principalities. So we're not praying against people, but we are praying against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Are you listening to me? And according to Ephesians chapter six, he says, your weapons, he says, your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, this, if I was to give this message a title, in fact, this is going to be a two-part series. At least I know it's going to be two. At this point, it's going to be a two-part series. And if I was to give a name for it, this would be the title. The name of the series is We Will Not Be Silent. We Will Not Be Silent. And today's message is We Are In It To Win It. The title of the series is We Will Not Be Silent, But the name of this series today is We're In It to Win It. That's why you got my partners back there in their track gear and they're ready. And anybody who gets in the race, they don't get in the race just to compete. They get into the race to win. Now, why will we not be solid? In accordance to Isaiah chapter 62, Isaiah chapter 62, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. It says this, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will designate. In other words, we will not be silent. No matter how many times or how many regulations they try to put on you, no matter how many times they, they try to share your information, a lot of big stink that's going on right now is what's going on with, with the WhatsApp app and everything, how they're going to be sharing your information with, with Facebook and how Facebook, if you've ever been on Facebook, you realize that if you search anything on the internet, whether you're on the Facebook app or not, not long after that, you will begin to see ads posted on Facebook about the very things you were just searching for on the internet, even though you was not on Facebook at all. 
something that June and I was talking about, how her and her coworkers did a hypothesis test and to see if how Siri and Alexis uses your information. And they had their phone sitting down on the counter and while they had their phone sitting down on the counter talking about a product that the Juan's coworker had no information about at all. Shortly after that, maybe five minutes later after that, she went on Facebook and Facebook literally had ads concerning that product, even though she had never searched for it, she had never looked it up. All they was doing is having a conversation. So the world is trying to get, is wants to, the world, the church to be fearful about being on Facebook, about being on Instagram, about being on WhatsApp, because they're going to know all your encrypted information, because their their goal is to try to get you to, to deal with a hate uh, speech, as they say. But God says this. He says, do not be silent. Now, we're not hating against the people. Never get that wrong. We don't hate people. Why? Because God didn't hate people. How do you know God doesn't hate people? Because Romans chapter 5, 8 says this, says, while we were yet in sin, God sent Christ to die for us. In other words, he didn't wait till we got our act together, that we receive what it is Jesus had, had made available to us. He loved us even while we was in the middle of our mess. And see, sometimes when the church gets it wrong is they forget there was a time you wouldn't all saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, fire baptized, polished, filled with the word of God and able to distinguish between good and evil. Even when you was in the world, guess what? Jesus has still already died for you. So he's saying to the church, why would you treat other people who aren't in the body of Christ any different than I treat them? I love them. I don't condone what they do. He says, but guess what? I don't, God doesn't condone sin, period. Period. It's not a cute, big sins, a little sin. God doesn't condone sins, but it doesn't change his love for you. And like he said, I already demonstrated it when I sent my son Jesus to die for you. So we will not be silent. The other thing is, in accordance to Second uh, Corinthians, uh, it says this, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. See, this is this is what the enemy's tactic is. The father showed me this this morning when I was in my time of prayer and fellowship with him this morning before we did this message today. He said, this is what the adversary's intentions is. He wants to use fear and intimidation and a lying spirit to get the church to be, be silent, to be so afraid to say anything that might go against what what the popular opinion is, what people may say, he wants you to get so fearful of it that you won't say anything. And what happens if the church keeps silent? What happens if the church stays quiet? The word here just said it. He says, if your gospel is hid, if you hide the gospel, if you get quiet, if you say nothing, it's, gonna, it's not going to affect you because you know how to go to the Bible and get it for yourself. What it will happen is it will be hid to those who are lost. In other words, it will stop. He's trying to stop or hinder the plan of God. But can I get one person to say, not in my house? Type it right there in the mic. Not in my house. Not in my house. I am not going to be silent. Make that declaration with me this morning. I am not going to be silent. Type it right there in the notes. I am not going to be silent. 
we will not be silent. He goes on to say, in whom, now this is what he wants to do, in whom the God, talking about Satan, lowercase g, of this world's system, rule, ram, and rulership, he wants to, he wants to blind the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them so he, he's god is showing you what his agenda is and i'm showing with you when you start hearing facebook's going to be doing this they're going to start trying to block these people they try to start blocking them people i'm going to show you this morning that you already have wisdom far and above what it is you even realize but you are not going to be able to do it in your own natural abilities you are going to have to partnership with you and god to carry out what it is god has called for you to do but you got to make that declaration and you got to mean it from your heart not from your head but from your heart i will not be silent do we hate people no do we love people? Absolutely. But what does love does? Love motivates you and love provokes you to do stuff that you ordinarily would not do in your own, with your own mindset. You are motivated, driven by love, just like a mother and a father for their child. You would do things for that child simply because you love them. Now, we talked to you about this before. God had a plan for your life before you was formed in your mama's belly, before you was formed in your mother's womb. God already had a plan for your life. In fact, God still has a plan for your life right now. No matter if this is your very first time watching us and you might have been messed up, you might have done so many things that seem so crazy. There's no way on earth that God will use you. But I'm here to tell you as God's representative and his mouthpiece today, God has a plan for your life. How do you know? Because he said it in Jeremiah 29 and 11. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, declares the Lord. He says, I have plans for your welfare or for your good and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope or an expected end. In other words, God says, I have a plan for your life. It's gonna, it's a plan for your good. He says, not for calamity and destruction and all kind of chaos, even though the world is trying to tell you this is what they call an act of God. This whole uh, coronavirus situation is an act of God. Well, they partly right, but they're just talking about the wrong one because God it has a plan for your life for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, we sung this morning about how Christ is the cornerstone. You know, he is our cornerstone. Christ is enough for me. So why does that matter? Because a cornerstone, if you know anything about architect, it says that the cornerstone is the rock upon which the weight of the entire structure is rested. Did y'all hear that? It is the rock upon which the entire structure rests. In the Bible, it is the cornerstone referencing to Jesus. He is the cornerstone. In fact, he is the chief cornerstone of our faith. Now, as a chief cornerstone, Jesus ensures the stability of the whole system of our salvation your salvation is not based off of what anything you did your salvation is based off of the fact that you believe what it is jesus has already done for you see this is the great part about it god says i'll make the great exchange with you i'll give you my salvation you give me your mess 
You give me your, your, your tore up lives down. You give me all your false failures and, 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 and issues that you've had throughout your life. He says, and I'll make a great exchange with you. You, you. you have turmoil, I'll give you peace. You have sorrow, I'll give you joy. You have unrighteousness, I'll give you righteousness. You have poverty and lack, I'll give you more than enough. I'll give you more than enough. I'll supply all your needs. I'll give you those things which you desire and you won't not lack not and desire not. Why? Because the Lord it will be your shepherd and you shall not want or lack for any good thing. Can I get one good amen out there in the name of Jesus? Now, Jesus has to be the cornerstone in order for you to tap into the life and plans and purposes that God had for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus has to be the chief cornerstone. The building of your house begins with Christ as the chief cornerstone, or you're not going to have a house. All you're going to do is have you a you will have a, a semblance of a life, but not the life that God had planned and purpose for you from the foundation of the world. Christ is the cornerstone. What do we say? We will not be silent. We will not be silent. Why? Because if we be silent, our gospel will be healed to those who are lost and they won't have an opportunity to have their hearts and minds enlightened to the fact that Jesus is the cornerstone. And if you believe on what it is he's already done for you, man, you will be able to tap into the plans and purposes and futures and hope he already had for you from the foundation of the world. Can I get one good amen out there in the name of Jesus? Now, why does is Jesus being your cornerstone? Let's talk about that for a moment. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12. Jesus has to be the chief cornerstone. He has to be the rock uh, or the stability, or he ensures the stability of the whole system of our salvation. The whole, the whole thing about our salvation is built off one thing, one person. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Take Jesus away, you don't have of that assurance you don't have that hope in fact without jesus it says they who don't even have knowledge of jesus when all situations and circumstances go on they are most miserable why because they have no hope they have no earnest expectation of good because their hope is in things that they can see around it but you as a believer you as someone who's in the body of christ your hope your trust your confidence, your dependence, your reliance is based off the fact that Jesus has already made all these things available to you. How do you know? John chapter 10 says it this way. Keep your finger in Hebrews chapter 12. John chapter 10 says it this way. 10, 10 says this. The thief referring to your adversaries, Satan, he only comes for one reason. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he only has an agenda, a mode of operation to steal, to kill, and to destroy your life. He don't care what he has to do in order to do it. He doesn't care who he has to use in order to do it. His, old, his whole agenda is to steal, to kill, and to destroy your life. But it says, but Jesus said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. In other words, Satan says, I'm going to offer you this. Jesus says, but I'm going to offer you this. Now, we talked about last week how in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Now, 
who is the deciding factor on whether you get Satan's steal, kill, and destroy, or whether you get Jesus' life in abundance to the full until it overflows? You are the deciding factor. You are the one who will choose. How do you choose? Whether you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you continue on the path that you're on right now without him saying, Psh, I don't need that. Psh, my life is good. Psh, I don't need all that. Man, my life is tight before. I'm cool. My, I got money in the bank. I got food on the table. I got clothes on my back. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. Let me help you with something. If you, if Jesus, if the Father withheld breath from you today, all those things that you say you just had will be fruitful. It means absolutely nothing. I have never gone to a homecoming service. I don't know about you, but I've never gone to a homecoming service and they bragged about how much money that person had. And they bragged about how many clothes they had. And they bragged about what kind of car they was driving. But I have gone to the service and they talked about what kind of life that person was living. Are you listening to me? They was talking about what kind of life that person was living. And that's the same thing he's talking about with you today. What kind of life is that person living right now? What do we say? It says, Jesus came that we might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Who is the deciding factor on whether or not we take Jesus up on his offer or Satan up on his offer? We are the deciding factor. Amen. Now, are you back at Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, which says this. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses talking about uh, Hebrews chapter 11. It's talking about the great uh, Hall of Fame of Faith. It says we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that easily fall we easily fall into we already talked about this before how carrying extra weights anything that becomes a distraction to you is set up to hinder you from running the race that god had already planned for you for the foundation of the world and when we get caught up into sins, everybody knows, and I'm here to tell you, everybody has an area in their life where they need to be have their minds renewed so they stop falling into the old trip, that old trap, whether it's lying, whether it's exaggerating, whether it's uh, holding unforgiveness. Uh, doing when I was talking about some of the things that we have been doing this time of fasting and prayer that we recognize in our family tree, you see a pattern of these things happening in the family, not because uh, uh, it's a generational growth, but because of wrong mindsets on how to deal with situations. For people from addictions to, to lying, to manipulating, to divorces, to poverty and all that, and, and, and even when we talk about when you lightly esteem the word of God, man, that you are basically saying, God, I understand what your word says, but I got a better way. So you keep your word and I'm going to do me. And that not only happens to people who are in the body of Christ, but it also happens with people who are in the body of Christ. Now, it goes on to say, uh, it says this, it says, let it go of every wound that has pierced us and sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. 
for the path has been already, remember that? Remember God said, I already have a plan and a purpose for you. He says, it's already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural rim. We're looking away from the natural rim and we fasten our gaze unto who? Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. He is our example in this because his heart was so focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now he sits exhaust, exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider that what we're saying is, Jesus is your example. Remember, Jesus is a chief cornerstone. He is our example. How he ignored the, the, the humility of the cross and he endured it. Why? Because he, he had joy and he had a hope because he would see what would happen, what we would receive as a result of him finishing the race that God had already set before him. And guess what? That's what he's telling us to do this morning. Get your eyes off of all the distraction, all the noise, all the stuff that's going on outside and get your eyes focused back on the chief cornerstone who Jesus is to us and, and let him be your example, how he set aside all those distractions and he stayed focused on the prize and how the race for your life has already been set before you, but you won't see it if you keep getting distracted by weights. And if you won't see it, if you keep getting off into sin, he says, because the race is already set before you. Can I get a good amen out there in the name of Jesus? So he says this, consider carefully how Jesus focused such intense, how he he was faced with such intense opposition from sinners who opposed who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and come in under life cave in under life's pressure so we think that you know because we believers we're never going to go through anything because you're a believer you're never going to endure persecution because you're a believer you're never going to have anybody oppose you jesus himself was opposed by the very people he came here to help did you hear that jesus was opposed by the very people he came here to help he came here to the house to to the to the Jews and the Jews would not even receive him. He talked to sinners and sinners opposed him. Did it stop Jesus from carrying out his assignment? Absolutely not. Did it cause Jesus to become silent? Absolutely not. Because if he would have been silent, he would his gospel would have been hid from those who was lost. And at one point in time, that was you, that was me. We was all lost, but man, I thank you that we're not lost anymore. Glory be to God. We, we were lost, but now we're fine, blind, but now we see glory to God. Hallelujah. So even Jesus faced intense opposition from sinners who opposed him, who opposed their own souls. And he's telling us, so don't let yourself be worn down and cave in to life's pressures. After all, have not, have, you have not reach the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin my child this is the word of the lord to you this morning god has said my child don't 
underestimate the value of the of discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. In other words, God is training us. God is, is even have his men and women of God coming back and training you. How is he going to train you? With his word. God doesn't use calamity. God doesn't use destruction to try to train you. God uses his word to trust you, to train you, to discipline you, to correct you, to adjust you so that you can be doing it in the way to which he would have you to do so you will be able to get the results that he purposed for your life from the foundation of the world. Do y'all see this? You can't you can't just say, I mean, I want to believe be a believer, but you never endure any of the, any of the test trials and tribulations that comes with it. All of us, even we're learning our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had opposition, but he never was silent in Jesus name. Now understand this. He says, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when and when we draw what he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. He goes on to say, fully embrace. He's telling us fully embrace God's correction. Say it with me. I fully embrace God's correction. I fully embrace the correction as part of my training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children for who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected even our natural mothers and fathers corrected us not because they hated us they corrected us because they loved us and they had a great plan for us and they wanted to see us achieve our very best and they wouldn't let you stay in your mess but because they love you so much man they did whatever it takes to draw you draw you out and i know parents out there right now who are born again believing for their children who are believing god that their child be drawn out and why why are you praying for them why are you interceding for them why are you speaking the word over them because you love them and why does the father use his word and uses the holy spirit and use men and women of god fellow brothers and sisters and man god will even use a donkey he proved that he'll use a donkey in order to get you to the place where he needs you to be that's how much he loves you that's how much we should love him as a result of his love for us and his love towards us what do we do we yield we surrender, we bow down as humble, humble, and we say, Father, we receive your correction. Father, we receive your training. Father, we surrender to our wills to your will. We submit our ways to your way. We commit our lives unto you, Father God. If you say don't be silent, Father, we won't be silent. If you say it won't, to make your word known, we will make your word known, even in the midst of being opposed, even in the midst of being persecuted, even being in the midst of being excluded, even in the midst of people talking about it, even in the midst of people trying to, to slander your name, we will not be silent. Why? Because, Father, we're in it to win it.
I'm looking for men and women of God out there. God's looking for men and women of God out there today who have made a decision in their heart. I'm in it to win it and I will not be silent. Now, the thing about that, though, is even if you in it, made a decision, I'm in it to win it. Even if you made a decision, I will not be silent. God says you're going to have to do it my way. Not my way, but his way. God says if you're even when you make the decision to that you're in it to win it and that you won't be silent, you got to do it his way. Second Timothy chapter two, second Timothy chapter two. I'm reading out of the passing translation. Break brings this point home a little further. It says this. It says overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus Christ, the anointed one for every soldier call to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him an athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy so remain faithful to god now what did you what does that say say same everybody say same thing that's the same thing he just said in Hebrews chapter 12. He said, he says, divorce yourself from these distractions. Divorce yourself from these distractions because what's it going to do? It's going, it's going, it's trying to hinder you from fulfilling the purpose for which you've already been called and receive the training and receive instruction because God wants you to win and he wants you to receive the trophy of, 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 of someone who has been faithful to god can anybody out there say this then i i sign up so i am i am ordaining you for active duty in fact i'm i'm speaking over your life this morning that you have been called into active duty welcome to the depot you have been called into active duty but now that you are a soldier on active duty for our lord and savior jesus christ you gotta you gotta divorce yourself from the distraction of this world's way of doing or this world system or all the things that the world is trying to bombard you from the left to right, top to bottom, so that it gets you to be silent. That's the enemy's ultimate objective is to get you to be silent. Now, what does it mean for, how do you, how do you begin to to uh, divorce yourself from the distractions of this world, and how do you, how do you begin to fully satisfy the one who chose you? I'm here to tell you this morning: you have been chosen by Almighty God, and He's calling you to active duty, and He's telling you to lay aside all these weights and all these sins, so that you can run the race that has already been set before you. How are you going to do it? I'm so glad you asked that question, Doug, because I got an answer for you. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. Are you getting, I know you're getting something out of this because I'm believing God that he pierces your heart this morning, that you won't go back and, 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 and it costs, we, we, we did you should debate, no more sleeping, no more slumbering. It's time to be about our father's business. It's time to get in, engaged. It's time for you to sign up for active duty and say, sir, I'm reporting for duty. Will you say that with me? I'm reporting for duty. I'm reporting to the depot so that I can be trained, so I can be used by Almighty God to carry out the assignment to which he's called me to in such a time as this. Now you should be at, at Romans chapter 12, 
verse number two, and it says this. It says, do not be conformed. I'm reading out an amplified version. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, this current age, fashioned after and adapt to its external and superficial customs. So this is a word of the Lord saying, don't be fashioned after and adapt to its external and superficial customs. And he's saying this to the body of Christ. And he's saying this to you. And he's saying this to me. I'm telling you, man and woman of God, do not be conformed or fashion your life after the external and superficial customs of this age. Why? He says, he says, don't be conformed. And the reason why is because when you do, it begins to hinder you from fulfilling the race and it hinders you from running the race that's already been set before you by almighty god because if you ever seen this movie up if you have not if you have grandchildren if you have children you have there's this movie up and in that movie up you're there's this dog in there and he's supposed to be a search dog but he's a good search dog as long as he stays focused but every time he sees something a squirrel he's walking down and squirrel and he looks and he's and then he gets back focused and he's walking down again squirrel and he looks at that side and he and that's so good and god said and that's what's happened to so many people in the body of christ you're trying to do this you're trying to do that you're trying to go here you're trying to go there you got you're trying to go everywhere except where the father told you to be and the father's telling you i need you to lay aside every weight can i let you know in a secret weight doesn't even have to be sin weight can be you spending too much time reading books other than the word you you could have weights by spending too much time watching every podcast and don't spend no time in your bible to confirm what it is and what they saying is true or not he says weights can be any he says anytime you put anything in front of me he said it becomes a weight why because it hinders what it is he's telling you to do are you listening to me glory be to god now it's kind of like my, my boys back there in the track gear now they got on those little tank tops i used to run tracks so we used to have on those little tank tops and those those shorts and those little spikes and the reason why is because it, if we put on anything that was too loose for my body it became a weight or it it would cause resistance from us uh, trying to achieve our ultimate goal, and that's to finish the race in first place. Glory to God. So God says, don't be conformed to the, the to the to the uh, external superficial customs of this world. He says, but be transformed, change by the entire renewal of your mind. How are you gonna renew your mind by the word of God? He says, He says to change, be transformed, change by the entire not portions of your mind but your entire mind is to be renewed by the word of god by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what is the good acceptable and perfect will of god even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you are you listening to that he says in order for you to be able to prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of god you have to renew your mind by the word of god 
Are you listening to me? In order for you to run your the race that is set before you, the first thing you got to do is make a decision that Jesus is going to be the cornerstone. And when you make the decision that Jesus is, is your cornerstone, that everything else that you do is built off of the fact that Jesus is your chief cornerstone. He is the one in which everything else is built off of. In fact, we went back and looked and see, we got to use Jesus as our example, who endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now exalted on the right hand of the Father. And how did he get there? He laid aside, he kept his eyes focused on the prize. Even though he was being opposed, even though he was being opposed and rejected by the very people that God has sent him there to help, he stayed focused and he would not be silent. He would not hide his gospel from those who are low. In fact, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of rejection, even in the face of opposition, he never remained silent. And he did not allow himself to be distracted by the cares of this world. He did not fashion his ministry. He did not fashion his life after the, after the world's way of doing things. But he, it even says when he was a child from the age from 12 all the way up until his ministry started at 30, he grew in faith, he grew in favor, and he grew in knowledge of the word. And when he, and as he did, he grew in relationship with the father. So whatever the father told him to say, that's what he said. Whatever the father told him to do, that's what he did. He didn't do anything other than what it is the father told him to do. And this is the part where, where we're going, well, two pieces, and then we're going to stop. Remember I said you have to have your mind renewed by the word of God. But in order to, to really follow God, the first thing you got to do is you got to be willing to trust him. Oh, pause and think about that. You got to be willing to trust him. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter three, and I'm reading out an amplified version, Proverbs chapter three, five and six, it says, lean on, trust in and be confident in the Lord with all of your heart and your mind. So lean on, trust in, be confident with all your heart, with all of your heart, not part of your heart, not some of your heart, but with all of your heart and do not rely on your own insight and understanding in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path or he will direct and make straight and plain your path. But where does it start? With you leaning on, trusting in, and being confident in the Lord with all of your heart and mind. You're not leaning to your own reasoning. You're not leaning to what it is the world says. You're not leaning to what this person says, but you're leaning to what it is that the Lord is telling you according to his word. And when you and see, this is the thing about it. In order for you to be successful to carry out what it is God's called you to do, you have to have a prayer life. 
you have to, I mean, I ain't talking about, you know, bless my, you know, Lord, bless my, me, my four, no more. Now, I ain't talking about, I'll lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm not talking about uh, the Lord, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, that will be done. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a real personal, relational conversation with you and the Heavenly Father each day. Because guess what? When you begin to talk to the Father and you are expecting him to speak back to you, he will speak to back to you according to what his word says. And he's going he's gonna to start with you about small things. It says here in Romans chapter 8. Oh, that's good. I'm not going to go to Romans chapter 8, but I won't. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, are the mature sons of God. And I'm going to share this last piece with you. And then we're going to be done. Zechariah chapter four, verse six says it this way. It says this, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. Now, then the word of the Lord came to say your name. Then the word of the Lord came to Milton. And this is what he said. He says, Milton, or say your name. He says this, he says, he says, it's not by force nor by strength but by my spirit. So in order for you to fulfill what it is God has called you to do, in order for you to run the race that has been set before you, in order for you to be in it, to win it, you have to make a decision that is not by your own strength, is not by your own might, is not by your own power, but is by the power of the Holy Spirit, says the Lord of of heaven's army. Nothing And it's what he says, nothing, not even a mighty mountain will be able to stand in your way. That mountain will become as a level plane before you. And when you set the final stone in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. In other words, as you're running your race and it seems like you got mighty mountains in front of you and it seems like nothing is is, is gonna enable you to be able to carry out what you're called to do, then I'm telling you as from by the spirit of the Lord, he said, it's not gonna be by your might, it's not gonna be by your power, it's not gonna be by anything that you can do in yourself. He says, but it's gonna be by my Holy Spirit. You coming in unity with me and the Holy Spirit, you allow me to lead you by my Holy Spirit, you relying on me, you trusted in me, you laying aside every weight, you laying aside every sin, and you're staying focused, and you're staying steadfast, and you're having your mind renewed by the word of God, and you're not fashioning your life after the world's way of doing things, or after what the world says you can do, and what you can't do. In other words, you're focusing so much on him, you're not being distracted by all that noise, what faith is talk about they're going to do, and this person is talking about what they're going to do. Guess what? I'm going to get before God and I'm going to find out what he says to do according based off of what it is they have said and we're going to talk about that next week man that's going to be an awesome time in the Lord and then he says this he says make the decision I will not be silent I'm in it to win it. So I'm going to get before God and find out whatever weights are are hindering me. And I'm going to find out whatever sins I've allowed myself to easily fall into. And I'm going to make a decision that I'm called up to active duty. And I focus on pleasing the one who called me, not being distracted by this world, not fashioning my life after the the world 
world's way of doing it any longer, but I'm going to renew my mind by what the word of God has to say concerning it because I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm leaning not to my own understanding and all my ways. I'm going to acknowledge him and he will direct my path. And then I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me and direct me in the way that I should go. Is that you this morning? Is that you? Have you made a decision? I'm in it to win it. If so, man, we want to thank you for that. If, but if you have never even made Jesus the chief cornerstone of your life, if you have never even accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you have, but you know you have gotten away from it, man, I'd like to give you an opportunity to make that thing right again today. I don't care where you're at right now. I don't care if you're still high as a kite. I don't care if you're still drunk as a cunt. I don't even care if you're still laying next to the person right now. God says, I, I called you. I pretty ordained you. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a future and a hope for you, but it's, you have to enter into a relationship with him. You, and it starts by receiving Jesus and making Jesus the chief cornerstone of your life. It's a simple, it's so simple to enter into a relationship with him. It's so simple. It takes a good theologian to confuse it for you. It's this simple. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart and near your mouth. That is the word of faith in which we preach. That if you can, will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised it from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes on the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That word salvation means healing, deliverance, wholeness, completions, and your life will become whole, but it starts by entering into a relationship and making Jesus the chief cornerstone of your life. Would you like to do that with me today? If you would, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I make you my chief cornerstone of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe I receive right now, right now, I'm born again. Glory to God. Amen. If that's you, man, we want to welcome you into the family. Father, we thank God and praise you this morning for them. We thank you for everyone who responded and prayed that prayer with us this morning. Father, I, I pray that, the, that you will lead and guide them into a Bible-based uh, a Bible teaching church, Father God, that will teach them the death, burial, resurrection, and about the blood of Jesus and all that Jesus has made available to them. And Father, I pray right now that whatsoever they lack, whatsoever they need, you will supply their every need right now in the name of Jesus, that they'll know, they'll know beyond a benefit of doubt that you are Lord, and beside you there is no other. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Man, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. Welcome you into the family of God. Man, I re thank you for rededicating your commitment. Or for those who said, I sign up for active duty today. I sign up and make a decision. I'm going to lay aside the weights. I'm going to lay aside the sins. And I'm going to run with patience the race that is set before me. If that's you, man, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you. We celebrate with you. We praise God and thank God for you. Man, this is your best life ever now what do you do now now that you've been born again what do you do well did you rededicate your life what do you do well here at faithful life center we like to get some information into your hands so if you send us an email at info at faithfullifeottawa.com that's info at faithfullifeottawa.com we'll get that information to you but you want to get in a good bible-based church that teaches the death burial resurrection of jesus christ and about the blood of jesus and teaches you practical ways to apply the word of god to your everyday life Faithful Life Center is that place. We are the depot. What is the depot? The depot is where you get trained. That's what that's what the military garb is about. Training. That's why the track training to run the race that is set before you. Now, if you want to participate with us in another part of our service, we man, we love to give. Faithful Life Center is a very, very generous church. We have a very generous, generous. Uh, members and we believe in giving we believe in sowing back into the kingdom of god so if you want to uh, uh, do tithes and offering with us this morning we like to invite you to do that with us as well man in order to in order to do that all you have to do is look on the website there we we receive e-transfers uh at info at faithfullifeottawa.com that's info at faithfullifeottawa.com you can go on there there's a there's a link on the website of that says giving and it tells you all the different ways in which you can give you can you can do by e-transfer you can do by credit card you can all those different methods are available for you to give and so you're not giving to a man or woman you're giving into the work of the body of Christ, uh, of faithful life center so that we can then go out and and sow back into the into our community sow back into the kingdom so the gospel won't be hid to those who are lost so our ultimate goal is to minister to the needs of the people in the community and also teach them about what the gospel of the kingdom has to say so that their lives will be forever changed so if you want to participate with us just follow those methods but we're going to pray over your tithes and offerings this morning in the name of jesus father right now we pray for everyone who sows into to the kingdom of god through faithful life center a seed meets any need father god you said that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing there's not room enough to receive you rebuke the devour for our sake they don't not be able to destroy the fruits from our ground neither shall our vine cast a seed before his time in the field we believe the blessing of the lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow with it we've been blessed to be a blessing to all families of the earth have been blessed now Father God, you've made all grace abound towards us so that we always have an all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work and charitable donation. Father, you give seed to the soul and bread to the eater. You multiply this seed sown. You increase the fruits of our righteousness. More people will be healed, set free, delivered, made whole, and hear the gospel of the kingdom of God as a result of our giving this morning. Father God, may you be glorified in all that we say and do. We thank you and we believe we receive the hundredfold return. Satan, we command you take your hands off of our harvest and offer our monies and monies we speak to you now and say come unto us harvest you come unto us right now in the name of jesus and ministering angels harvest and spirits go forth cause our harvest and our monies to come to us now in jesus name we pray let us all say amen now on behalf of sister joy and myself on behalf of the faithful life 
family, on behalf of the depot, we want to thank you for joining us this morning, and we invite you to join us again next week. God bless you, and have a good week. Bye.